0: Hi, I'm Nina Gigele and this is Skiers Mindset Talk. I'm here to interview and talk with athletes, pros, mental coaches, entrepreneurs and many more who relate to skiing. Together, we want to prove our mindset in skiing and also in business life. <laughs> Woo. Welcome back to Skiers Mindset Talk with famous AJ Guinness, Genies. Jenny, whatever you <laughs> no. can call it. <laughs> That's so great that I, um, yeah, that you have find time to talk with us on Scarce Mindset Talk here. I'm Nina. Um, we don't know each other that much. That's why I'm actually even more excited to get to know about you because I was just like watching you last season in all the World Cup races and you are like the new Chenille on the mountain. Let's call <laughs> it like this. Um let's give us a brief introduction of you. Who are you?
1: Uh first of all Nina, thank you for having me. Really, it's a pleasure. And yeah, so my name is AJ, I'm from Athens, Greece. Uh and I ski race and I've got a pretty interesting backstory how how I got here, but um yeah, I'm excited to talk to you about it.
0: Amazing. Do you like you're from Athens. Um, lots of people would think it's not typical to ski in Athens, um, but I bet there—I know that there are some uh, actually nice ski resorts there, right?
1: Yeah, there's a there's a couple of nice ones. Um, depending on what uh, metric you use to count, government metric you use to count, there's about 21 ski resorts in all of Greece.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I was just fortunate to be born into a family that uh, loved the sport.
0: Oh, that's amazing. And so do you have a favorite one in Greece? Like yes, so that a typical place everybody should visit?
1: Yeah, so my whole mountain of uh, Parnassos is, uh, is beautiful. It's an actual mountain. You know, um, I've lived in the U.S. and I've lived in Vermont. And no disrespect to Vermont. I love Vermont. But, you know, Vermont has hills. They don't really have mountains. Uh, Parnassos is an actual mountain with like, you know, jagged cliffs and all that stuff. And it's only about an hour and a half drive, a two hour drive from Athens. So it's a really quick, you know, flight into Athens, drive up to the hill and you're good to go. <laughs> oh,
0: that's amazing. That sounds great. Um, so before we head over um, and go back from the touristy expertise of Greece, um, what is the highest mountain there? Because, you know, I have it on my bucket list to do some ski touring. But you for sure know the altitude, right? Or no?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. So a lot of special places in Greece to go mountain, ski touring, mountaineering. Um, the, the tallest one is uh, Mount Olympus, where yes. the gods used to live or still live. Uh, <laughs> and it's around 2,800 something meters, 57 meters or something like that. Um, but honestly, the coolest uh, backcountry skiing is actually in Crete. Mm. Uh, they have these glorious peaks like right off the coast and it takes you about a week to do them depending where you go but it takes about a week for you to tour all of them and it's one of the coolest things I w- that you can do i want to do it next spring with a couple of buddies of mine because it's like you just kind of mountaineers ski mm. up in the in the day and then during the evening you're down by the ocean and eating great food so uh, that's on the bucket list oh,
0: <laughs> i love it i can't wait <laughs> Okay, great. Thank you so much for that lovely expertise. So we, I'm sure we're all going to be in Greece next year for some skiing. Let's hope. Fingers <laughs> crossed that we get some snow. All right. So um, the World Cup season is just about to start. Mm-hmm. And so how did you get into skiing and how did you get into the World Cup? I mean, from Greece, <laughs> I bet you don't have that cozy alpine ski team like, let's say, for us in Austria.
1: Yeah, so I'll I'll tell you like the brief story. And then if you want to wrap it more, we can I don't think we have enough time to go through everything. Um, But long story short, my, uh, my dad was a ski fanatic. He was a ski instructor Mm -hmm. in Greece. And he was also the um, ski rep for Fisher Mm -hmm. in Greece. Mm -hmm. So then uh, he met my mom skiing. My mom was a dentist is a dentist and my dad ended up being her ski instructor. And that's how my brother and I came to be. So growing up, uh, you know, we lived in Athens. My mom had a, a dental clinic in Eclifada, and my dad worked up by the mountains. So we had a little hut there. So on the weekends, I remember, you know, Friday, we'd come back from school. My mom would work half a day, pack the car, go out to Parnaso for the weekend, come back for Monday school. And we'd always do that. And then, you know, when we were vacationing and stuff, if we're fortunate enough to go on vacation, that always surrounded the Alps. You know, we'd go on the ski vacation. Um, and then at the age of 12, you know, my dad uh, got a business opportunity to come to Austria and my parents thought it'd be a really good idea for me to, you know, come with my, go with my dad and, you know, experience a different language or experience a different culture, learn a different language, all that fun stuff. So I went to Austria and, uh, you know, I was kind of like an outsider. I was a Greek kid that spoke English and no German at the time. And we were in Kaprun and, you know, most of the kids there didn't speak English. So I had, you know, trouble finding friends and stuff. So my dad's solution was to sign me up for the ski club and sign me up for the basketball club in Selamzeh.
0: Oh, nice. Cool.
1: And yeah, so that's how I, that's how I started ski racing that first year. Um, I sucked, but I loved it. And then, you know, when the next year came uh, for me to, you know, the option of whether I want to go back to Austria, I said yes. And primarily because I wanted to ski because uh, I kind of fell in love with the sport. Uh turns out my second year went better than my first year and then my third year bit, went even better. So I get, kept getting better and better um, until, you know, I kind of realized or my parents kind of realized that I have a little bit of a talent for this sport. Mm-hmm. And my mom kind of set her eyes for me skiing uh, for Division One college because I was wanting to ski in the U.S. or I always wanted to go to school in the U.S. So my mom mm-hmm. thought that they could marry the two of me skiing for college. So then as you get 15, 16, I went to the Scream Mountain Valley School in the U.S great ski academy and got even better uh then the following year I made the U.S. ski team the development team uh spent seven years on the development team um you know had some really great results for them as well I had some I had a couple of world cup points uh world uh, junior, uh, junior world championship medal all that stuff and then at the age of 25, was it? I basically switched for Greece. Because, uh, like, oh. also during that time, I had a lot of injuries. Mm. So it was like a roller coaster.
0: <laughs> right. Exciting. That's amazing. So, first of all, we probably have been skiing on the same mountain because I went to boarding school in Salfelden. And that's very ah. close to Salemse. So, Ooh,
1: did you go to HIP? Was it?
0: Yes, HIP. Exactly. Yes,
1: exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you probably know. Um, have you met Niklas Kirk.
1: Nicholas Cook, yeah, I know Nicholas Cook. I, I know a lot of a lot of people
0: that went to hip. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, me too. So I'm sure yeah, you yeah. met a lot of people there. Um, amazing. So yeah, I mean Capron and the area is just wonderful, right? And um, you still go Do you still go back, or where are you based now?
1: Um so now we don't really have a base. Um my uh my coach is f- French and his family has a house in Chamonix, so they were nice enough to take us in. Uh, thank you, the Kool-Aid family. Um but yeah, of course I go back to Caprun. Um my favorite Wiener Schnitzel is at Hilberger Speisel, Hilberger Speisel. So I every time I get a <laughs> I get a chance I go back and have some schnitzel.
0: <laughs> so you had it after the Kitzbull race?
1: <laughs> uh, I didn't have time to do that we had to uh we had to pivot and go to schladming yeah. but yeah I try as much as I can
0: <laughs> that's cool amazing and so you're like that's I find it very interesting the change from the US ski team to the greek was it like very easy or why did you end up doing it
1: well it's it's a long uh, yeah so basically yeah. throughout my uh you know throughout my seven years on the US ski team I had a, I had a lot of injuries I've had six knee surgeries um oh, yeah. five while I was with the US team and you know, at some point I, I got cut from the team uh mm-hmm. because I wasn't producing and I understand it's a business, it's how it goes. Um and then, you know, when I got cut that following summer I had another really bad surgery. I did my ACL and my MCL, my ACL for the second time. I had some bad meniscus and obviously after that I didn't think I was gonna come back skiing. Um but you know, lo and behold I, I did some, you know, I got really lucky, uh worked really hard with my rehab and came back and got to a point where I was skiing really well. Um, but that was kind of like the COVID year. That was 2019, mm-hmm. 2020. So I went from being off the team, injured, to coming back, uh, got my ranking down. And then, you know, we were in Kronks Agora, March of twenty twenty, or we went right around prepping for Kronks Agora, March of twenty twenty. And that's when COVID hit. So, you know, everything died, you know. Oh well, sorry, that's a bad word to use given the time, but you know, everything kind of stopped. Uh, we went back to the US and, oh. you know, during that time I was kind of in limbo because I didn't know what my status was with the US ski team. And at the same time, the Greek uh, team had reached out to me and that they'd shown some interest. They're like, look, AJ, we, want, we would like you to ski for us. They knew that I always wanted to do that because, you know, I am Greek. Um, but the issue is like they never had money. So, you know, how expensive the sport is, especially at the World Cup level. Um, but, you know, then after talking to the US ski team, And this is also during COVID time. So, you know, they didn't know anything at the time. No one knew anything at the time. But they told me that, you know, I could be on the team, but that I would most likely have to pay my way. So that made my decision very easy because in my mind, it was like, okay, I pay for Greece or I pay for the US. So I'd rather ski and pay for Greece and do it my own way. So that's kind of how that started uh, the process of me skiing for Greece. And that was uh, spring of 2020.
0: Wow. Amazing. That's so cool. I mean, you said like you had a lot of injuries and, uh, I mean, I've experienced that quite a lot as well. Okay. I mean, coming back to a workup season like that, like what you had last year. Yeah. Um, how do you mentally do that? Like, because we're here in a skier's mindset, right? And I (laughs) like in every business, if you're down or like in, as an athlete, if you get injured, that that's like, that's the worst you can have. Yeah. You have the confidence, like,
1: how? No, it's, it's terrible. And like, so like, this is kind of the mindset going into it too, because, you know, that first year with Greece, not a big budget, not, not at all. You know, uh, my two buddies are coaching me. Uh, one of them is even paying his own way. He came on later in the year. Uh, we didn't know what we were doing, but you know, like that year I had an 11th place in Flauho. And then like a lot of, fast splits and you know like i know you know training splits whatever but i was really skiing well so you know we made you know we had a result in 11th place under our belts and this is going to the beijing olympics Mm -hmm. so that's like okay we got some steam some sponsors came on to help us out so everything kind of looked like it was you know coming together going to the olympic year and then you know that august of 2021 i tear my acl again this time on my right knee so that was like a complete punch to the gut. Cause I'm like, you must be kidding me. You know, 27 years old, like what, what, what the, like, what, what have I done to deserve this kind of thing? Like definitely felt bad for myself, which is something I, I hate about. I hated about that time. But, um, yeah. So at that time I kind of like, I, I told myself like, I'm done. Like I, I told myself I, I really wanted to quit, but at the same time, I thought that, you know, the mentality was that, I can't quit when I'm down. Like I can quit if I'm in a position to ski. So I told myself, look, I'll do the rehab as I'm supposed to do the rehab. And then I'll make the decision. But, you know, always in the back of my mind, I was like, there's no way I'm doing another year. Like I don't want to deal with like finding sponsors, getting the money, organizing everything. I was just over it. But then an opportunity presented itself for me to go work um, at the Olympic Games for NBC as like an on-hill kind of like analyst um type oh, yeah. like a researcher. So I took it and I went to Beijing and I was skiing around on one on one ski because my other one was injured. And I saw all these amazing athletes, all my friends competing at the Olympics. And I kind of fell back in love with the sport and I was like I want to be here. Like this is this is what I want to do. So that oh, happened in February. And then, you know, uh spent the next couple of months, you know, rehabbing and kind of prepping for last year and uh you know i have two amazing coaches that believe in me and stood there by me and the the mentality was like hey we're we're going like we're not here to get you know 30th we're here to to do some damage and you know even though that wasn't the case all the time like that's how we operated
0: (laughs) i love it wow that's amazing that's so interesting that you kind of like Got the opportunity to go to Olympics, to see, like, be surrounded with all those people, like-minded people and people you love. And then, and that motivated you. That's great because it's like the community you want to be a part of, right? It,
1: you... Oh, ab- absolutely. I mean, you know, at the time too, I was like, I-, I thought to myself when I first got the, I told my mom, I was like, look, I'm probably never going to get to experience the Olympics as an athlete probably as like a journalist or a tv crew member is probably the second best way to experience the olympics because you have the access so that's initially why i went and then as you very well pointed out um getting there and kind of seeing this community and you know a lot of people i hadn't seen in a very long time was uh was very heartwarming and uh very motivating
0: so it kind of motivated you in a positive way because it could also be the opposite right you could feel like Oh, shit! I'm way more weak and i'm 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 not here competing, so I might be like I'm less valuable. Did you ever thought about that type of did you ever thought about these type of thoughts?
1: Um no, it actually never crossed my mind because i was uh I was skiing on one leg because uh, the other one I couldn't ski on it, and I remember uh I had to do the inspections to you know check out the courses so I can relay the information on. And, you know it was like steep icy tricky hills mm-hmm. so you know when i was getting to the bottom i'm like dude if you can do this on one leg like i'm sure i'm sure you'll you'll be fine with two <laughs> so that was my thinking
0: okay that's great that's amazing and i mean so you set up your own team right you set mm-hmm. up your own team of coaches like is it a um, coach for skiing physical training how do you prepare your skis what are you skiing on how do you you know
1: yeah what does the staff look like up? yeah um so i got i've got two coaches uh one is sandy Veets, who i went to high school with at g is the green mountain valley school the academy i spoke about earlier uh then the other one is gabby coolay who is roommates with sandy at the university they skied together oh really yeah um so it was actually really funny so sandy um I hired him, in quotations, hired. Um, My first year with Greece. I remember I was interviewing coaches for me to be coached by. And I just realized that I didn't want to spend a lot of time with any of these people that I was interviewing. And I knew that, you know, given the budget constraints, that I was going to have to spend a lot of time with Mm -hmm. these people. And Sandy at that time had just retired from ski racing. We're about the same age. He's about a year older than me. Um, So I called him. Out of the blue, and I was like, "Hey, man, I'm skiing for Greece. I would like you to coach me. It took me all but two and a half minutes to convince him, and then the next day or two, I think it's the two days later, I drove up to his house, uh, we had some beers and kind of like discussed of what this thing could look like. you know, made a a little dinky little contract, and went on our way and then uh you know, we realized real quick that we did a lot of things wrong because obviously we don't know how to run a World Cup team. And we knew for one thing, we knew it needed help. And then uh, Gabby Coulet, at the time was working in a company in Montreal and he was making good money, had a good career, but he, you know, he missed the mountains. So um, uh, Sandy's trying to convince him to like quit his job and come join us because we needed the help. And eventually that's exactly what uh, Gabby did. He, get, he gave in this two weeks notice and he came with us. I think his first race, Gabby's first race was Flauho and that was my 11th place so it wow. was uh yeah. it worked great and like to Gabby's credit like we brought on a second person we didn't have money to bring on a second person so he paid a lot of his own way that first year which just shows how dedicated these people are yeah my um, nice two coaches too. so yeah so that's the core group and I've kept them the entire way and Sandy also does my skis so that's yeah. how that gets brought up and then in terms of physical training I have uh two coaches or trainers back home. One is, his name is Danny Blake, who's also another uh, buddy from college. Uh, he went to a different college, but we're friends. And he used to ski race and he kind of just like volunteered his services when I got injured during that Olympic year and we kept together. And then the other one is uh, Sierra Berge. She's uh, she's actually big time now. She's a physiotherapist for the Houston Texans. And she helped me through that really uh, bad injury in 2018, 2019. Cool. Um, so, yeah, I have, that's my, my, those are my four people, so to speak. And then uh, this year I'm very fortunate to be able to get a physio physiotherapist from October on uh, a great, great guy from Greece. His name is Chris. Um, really, really excited for him to join.
0: Oh, wow, that's <laughs> amazing. So he will travel with you all over the entire season.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's also really good to have a Greek guy so he can keep my Greek sharp on the road. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: get some greek support exactly. <laughs> right. um that's amazing and so you said like you're going to travel all over like you're gonna arrive let's say are you competing in sullen no
1: so no don't I, I just do the slaloms so for us it's uh, gurgle which is i think three weeks later
0: yeah um, that's cool that's new this year right
1: yeah it's new um it's early i think we're super excited um i mean the slalom guys we have 13 races this year so i think it's
0: uh that's a lot
1: it's a lot. It's a lot of opportunity too. So uh, I think most of us are very excited about that.
0: That's amazing. So, and do you have any goal to participate also in other races in the future, or are you gonna stuck with the slalom for now and then see?
1: Um, unfortunately, given the the state of my knees, I can I, I can't do much else. Um, like you know, skiing GS even kind of like it puts me in positions where I'm not comfortable in. Um, so you know, slalom specialist to the death.
0: gotcha 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 that's amazing and so um in you just mentioned your knees um how do you prepare your knees to get ready on peace because i I bet a lot of people have injuries right and i always find it very interesting to see everybody is different so i'm sure you got something an exercise or something you just need to do all the time to just feel positive and amazing and I don't know. Do you have any special like this, or do you just like have a daily routine?
1: I have a I have a daily routine. Um, I think I work. I I've, I've kind of worked extremely hard in the off season, so I definitely don't ski as much as I used to, or as many other World Cup athletes yeah. ski. For example, this summer, you know, we finished final in, finals in Andorra. We skied for another ten days to do some ski testing in April. Then I did like you know five days of free skiing in June. Um, eight days of skiing in July and then didn't ski at all in August and just got to South Bay a couple of days ago to ski. Um, so basically what I'm doing with all that time is like, I'm really working on my physical conditioning, like my strength, my endurance and all that stuff and making sure that I'm very fit going into the year. Um, so I kind of like, um, I've talked about a lot about this with my coaches. You know, we know what, what it takes for me to ski well. And obviously the more I ski, the better I get still, which is a blessing. Um, but at the same time, we definitely pull a have a line and say like, okay, like when AJ skis, he has to be rested, he has to be fit and he has to be good to go. Like if I, it's happened a couple of times where, you know, I wake up in the morning and like, you know, i hop on the bike to warm up and I'm just like, no, nope, not today. And my, my, my boys, like the guys are like, yep, okay, sounds good. So it's like, you know, listening to the body, um, being as fit as possible and as strong as possible. Those are my uh, my three pillars right there.
0: And it's not about quantity, right? You just like, you prefer to ski properly and a high quality to ski the best no. way. And if not possible, you just like accept it and say...
1: Exactly. I mean, you know, it's...
0: Strong mental, that's very strong mentally because, you know, like saying to yourself, no, it's not today, today. I mean, who can do that? Usually... No, like let's say normal people or like people i meet a lot they always push themselves to the to the top right yeah and it doesn't really matter it doesn't really make sense to do that if you I know mean, your life and yours. yeah
1: i really think it depends on the person like uh you, you know like if you had asked me four years ago i wasn't like this you know i used to be like oh my god i have to ski i have to ski i can't miss i can't miss out i can't miss out and you know like I, i've definitely had this feeling in the past Where, you know, I'd like, you know, we'd hop on Instagram or social media and like, you know, there's a team skiing in New Zealand or Ushuaia and like, oh my God, like they're working and I'm just like, here, like I'm losing ground, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, I'm very comfortable or confident, like comfortable and confident to be in a spot where it's like, yeah, like if that's what you need, that's what you need to do. But for me, that doesn't work. I need to operate this way. And it Mm -hmm. takes, you know, like you said, it takes a little bit of mental strength to like not go um, you know, with what, you know, what the group does, so to speak and do what's yeah, best for the, you.
0: The process you're going to grow, um, probably does it still affect you? Like you, you mentioned social media, um, I got uh, questions a lot about how do you deal with it? And, and, and they get like, if they follow me skiing, they just like, they want to go there as well. Um, <laughs> how is it for you? Do you, do you have that fear of missing out?
1: Not anymore. Not anymore. I definitely used to, uh, you know, but uh, now I just uh, I kind of stick to what's best for me. And uh, I know what's best for me is in August, I want to be squatting, lifting on the bike, whatever I need to be doing that's making me better. And I know that's better than skiing for three weeks in New Zealand, for example. Mm -hmm. Although I do love New Zealand, it is a beautiful place.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's for sure. Yeah, I love it too. Oh wow, that's great! And so, when you kind of like, um, um, do you still like? Do you still care about social media for yourself as a personal brand, or do you like? How do you deal with that? Uh, sponsoring pressure to be get famous? Yeah,
1: um, I'm not very good at social media. It doesn't. I'm not. I'm not a person that it comes naturally to. You know, I'm not gonna. You know, I'm not gonna you know like uh, it's kind of like a it's kind of a necessity these days for sure you know if you if you have a if you have a brand if you're working with sponsors it's obviously you know it's it's your exposure so it's it's part of the job description um for some it comes more naturally than others unfortunately i wish i was better at it i really do um but i'm working on it so i'm trying to get better (laughs) that's what i keep saying (laughs)
0: that's great so um you said like 13 races are coming up right mm-hmm. what are your goals um you skiing?
1: my goals um my goals are to ski and i know this is super cliche and i know it pisses a lot of people off when i say this or if people say <laughs> this but you know my goal is to ski as fast as possible like you know if i have if i have two amazing runs and i end up 10th I'm very happy with it. And, you know, I always use this as an example last year because I did have those pretty amazing results. But then, you know, there was a race in the Adelboden, for example, where, you know, the conditions were really bad. Um, You know, they weren't suited for me and that I started like 48th or 50th and that ended up 20th. You know, I was the last guy into the flip. I was 28th into the flip, moved up eight spots. And that was an amazing race for me. Like that was truly like, you know, I got down I was like, yep, I'm 20th, but that was that was that was great um so you know my focus is always to ski as fast as possible and as well as possible and if that's enough to win or get on the podium then that's that's amazing obviously you know at the end of the year the goal is to be the best um that's i think why a lot of people are in in the sports that's what they're going to do it but you know it's kind of like um unfair to say like you know my goal is to win because that's kind of discounting the hard work of everybody else so for me it's like you know everyone does their job in the off season mm-hmm. and then you know you show up on race day and it's test day and that's where everything has to come together and if you're better and then what you did kind of prepared you for what's going to happen then that's all you can hope for <laughs>
0: <laughs> interesting point of view like um if you say you want to be fast from a skiing perspective from this technical aspect on skis i mean okay you're going to be on the edges and you try to turn hit the, the gate <laughs> but what does it mean for somebody who is who wants to get there where you're able to ski but what does it mean for ye, you to ski fast on a skiing perspective
1: for me to ski fast um for me to ski fast it basically means i i'm, I'm going to use some words that work for me i don't know if like a lot of people are going to sound what i am say but it's basically like being in the fall line and having and being, so being in the fall line is the most important thing, you know? So um, I had a coach once that told me, you know, there's uh, two ways to be fast. You either travel less distance or you travel at higher speed. And ideally you want to do both of those things together, right? You want to be traveling at the higher speed, but while going the shorter distance. So for me, you know, doing that is like being extremely strong in the apex of the turn so that you're able to like make a very fast, short turn and then travel as, as far as possible into the fall line while allowing you to make another short, fast turn. So that's, uh, that's how I think about ski racing. It's pretty simple and uh, I think it is a pretty simple sport. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: amazing. I love the MVP. It's like your minimal viable product. It's being Thank easy to easy see. I love that. Yeah, that's what we all drive for. Or what I'm at least looking for all the time to get an MVP. That sounds yeah,
1: It's uh it's easy. When you keep it when you keep it keeping it simple is really easy. You know, it's yeah. like uh, you know and that's what I love about my team too. It's like uh everything is simple. It's you know, you we never all overcomplicate over complicate things. It's like in the beginning we tried overcomplicating things by saying like, oh, maybe we should be doing blah blah blah. It's like, no, nah, no. Nah. It's like just keep it keep it down like why do we need to do that oh we don't okay fine don't do it then
0: (laughs) i think that's amazing i think your mindset is amazing keep it simple and just putting it down to the easiest stuff Um, and it must be through your experience all over from the past you made globally being in the u.s traveling at some point there's all these kind of experiences you made it's just now you it's amazing Keep it simple. Sure.
1: I mean I'm very I'm very fortunate to have basically lived in three countries. And uh I forget I was talking about it someone today, but it's like uh you know, I I really I really hope at least that I've taken like, you know, the best from every place and kind of applied it to my life. And uh that's kinda of how it is. It's like, you know, in Austria the I they gave me at a very young age a very, very amazing, incredible technical foundation, you know, how to think about skiing. Um, And then, you know, when I moved to the U.S., I was able to kind of get a mentality, if you will, that was a little more free and kind of like fit my style more, especially coming from Greece. And now, you know, finally, I I race for Greece. Um, This is a team that's like run by me and my coaches. And it's not like, you know, I'm not necessarily being told what to do, but it's kind of like, a you know, it's a pure democracy of what goes on. So it's like interesting to see how different things are applied on this team and what we do.
0: <laughs> wow, amazing. Um, thank you so much for that beautiful journey. Um, and I'm glad you took your time to talk with me about that. And I think we should set up another talk end of the season to see how your season went in, um, yeah, and how it was and what you enjoyed. And for now, I just wish you all the best for the season. Um, and hopefully talk to you soon.
1: Nina, thanks for having me. It's a date. We'll talk at the end of the year. And thanks again. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you. Bye-bye.